for what you expect he's going to do in 2018. Come on. Everybody has about 30 seconds to give God your best praise for what you expect God to do. quiet thank you ah, God is so good all the time and all the time God is good let me say before we get into the word thank all of you for making the devil out to be a liar see last night around 11 o'clock or so I was watching the news and the weather report came on and it says tomorrow morning Sunday morning is going to be 18 degrees and the devil said, well, that's it. Ain't nobody coming to church in no 18-degree temperature. And for just two seconds, the devil had me going. And I said, well, maybe you're right. It may be too cold. Well, come on, cameras. Put the cameras on the audience. All of you that are, that are in here, wave your hands and say, I made the devil out to be a liar. Woo Look at God. Amen. Look at God. Thank you for making the devil out to be a liar. Amen. There is a word from the Lord on this first Sunday of the first month of a brand new year. Our series of messages over the next several weeks is entitled A Time of Harvest, which is our theme for 2018. Now, I said to the congregation this morning at 8, by the way, there were so many people here at 8 also, a tremendous number of people. We're so proud of them that I have been admonished by God to take my time with this series. So if y'all are in a hurry, this is the wrong year, okay? <laughs> I, in fact, I have outlined for you the first seven messages that may take more than seven weeks. Uh, in fact, this message today is part one of the first message because I don't want to rush. I want God to speak, and I want you to hear God's word. Amen. And if you're waiting on me to make you shout in 2018... Look at somebody and say, bring your own shout. I, I, I'm glad that I'm older now. I, when I was a young preacher, I thought it was my job to make you happy. I would, I would when I preached and nobody got happy, I used to be so disappointed. I'd go home and look all sad. And then God remind me, it's not your job to make folk happy. It's your job to send the word. And if the word doesn't make you happy, you need to check your anointing. Amen. Because it is the word that makes you happy. With that in mind, the first part of the first sermon is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through verse 9, the New International Version, part one of this first sermon. And it reads beginning with verse number six. 
the Apostle Paul writes these words to the saints that were in Corinth, the church that was in Corinth. He writes, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. <laughs> in other words, don't make any mistake about this. It is God who makes it grow. He goes on in verse number seven and says, so neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Mm. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field. You are God's building. And the church that loves God's word said amen. 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 The latter part of verse number seven said, but only God who makes things grow. The series is entitled A Time of Harvest. This is part one of message number one. Reach over and catch someone by the hand. Three words I want you to repeat all week. Amen. Every time the devil gets on your nerve, and you, you don't get the raise you want at the time you want it. Amen. Look at somebody and say, trust the process. Trust the process. Put your hands together. Give God a hand of praise. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We have too many people who are in too big of a hurry. We have too many people who give up on the process before God can bless you with your miracle. Please look at someone and say, it's a process. You're going to get what God has for you. You must trust the process. Amen. If you're going to go where God wants you to go, if you are going to hear this, somebody, all of my single folk, end up with who God wants you to end up with in your life. Amen. If you really want Boaz, then you've got to do like Ruth did and trust the process. Because everything we try to do on our own has backfired. There's some witnesses in here. Some of you want to shout right now. Everything you've tried to fix on your own, put together, every time you've tried to rush and make something work at the wrong time, it has not worked. And so here's what God says. God said, throughout this year of 2018, God is going to challenge us to trust 
the process. When God talks about a harvest, he's talking about not just what he has in store for us, but he's also talking about what he expects out of us. Amen? The harvest, as we defined it on watch night, is the gathering, and here's the operative word, a ripened crop. <laughs> Something whose time has come. Harvest is the gathering of something that has ripened. The gathering of something that is worth harvesting. Because you can pick the right fruit at the wrong time and you will never enjoy it. Simply because you couldn't wait a couple weeks later until God was ready. <laughs> I, I, I like the old church that used to say he may not come when you want him. But he's always on time. Look at someone and say he's an on time God. We must learn how to trust God. We must learn that when we speak of the harvest and Sometimes another definition puts it this way. It says it is the consequence of an effort or an activity or an action. In other words, uh, the harvest is the result of an action or the consequence in your life, such as a harvest of joy, a harvest of, unfortunately, pain. If you do things that will bring you pain, you should not be surprised when you reap pain. I'm preaching now. I told you I wanted to take my time in 2018. If you want a harvest of joy, you've got to plant joyful seeds. The truth of the matter is, every one of us will reap something. We all will reap a harvest. Question is, what kind of harvest will it be? The Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, the King James Version puts it this way, you will harvest what you plant. I told the church this morning, no one plants tomatoes and expect to reap okra. No one who's sane, okay? No one who's sensible. You don't plant corn and you go out and say, Lord, I'm waiting on cotton to grow. You don't plant cotton and you wait on corn to grow. You expect what will come out of the ground of what you put in the ground. Am I right about it? So why then do we live our lives differently? Why then do you think you can be nasty and mean, hateful, and spiteful, and vindictive, and think good things are going to happen to you? One of the messages in this series simply says why there is no harvest. Why would you expect that all of your nastiness is going to produce some goodness in your life. I want to help you out. 
You act nasty, you receive nasty. You treat people mean, folk treat you mean. Come on, somebody. You don't speak and you act like you're better than somebody else, then when you need somebody, nobody will be there to you. You reap what you sow. Am I right about it? You sow faithfulness, you reap faithfulness. You trust God with tithing and offerings. You can expect the windows of heaven to be open. I never did understand how folk that rob God all year long somehow hold their hands out and say, God, when are you going to bless me? God said, when are you going to stop robbing me? You reap the consequence of your actions. So in order to harvest something great, we must not only plant the right kind of seed, but we must be willing to trust the process. Look at someone and say, trust the process. No matter how difficult it may be, no matter how long it will take, we must trust the process. I know we just sang the song that any day now, but what if it's not tomorrow? What if what you expect on January the 8th actually is September the 8th? What if God says, not now? Will you still trust God? Will you still believe that God is still able to do it? And can you praise God when you're waiting on a breakthrough? Someone in here just caught that. Anyone can praise God when you get your breakthrough. But can you trust that God will make a way out of nowhere? Listen, my brothers and sisters, when we speak of the process, we're speaking of things that we must go through. We're speaking of things that will happen in our lives. We're speaking of things that will occur in order to obtain the harvest we so desire. Now listen to these words. And, and when God dropped these words in my spirit, uh, I, I, I had to stop and pause and thank God because this was to me first. God said to me, Daryl, the process involves not only my plans for your life. Listen, he says, but it also involves the order in which I unfold those plans in your life. The order in which they occur. And I had to sit and take notice. I said, Lord, I'm hearing you. God says, you not only have to trust my plan, but you have to trust the order in which I send my plan. And so if I want to send trouble before I send a blessing, I have that right to do. If, if, if I want to have somebody hurt you before somebody blesses you, then that is the order that I've chosen. If you've got to be broke before your finances are blessed, then that's the order. That if you've got to get laid off before you get another job, preach Pastor Jackson. If, if you've got to go through hell and high water before you get to the other side, Who am I preaching to? 
Look at somebody and say, trust the order. Trust the order. Ah, we all want to embrace the plan, but we don't want to trust the order. Sometimes the order of God's plans take us through something we don't have to go through. Listen, God had something for the children of Israel called the promised land, but he also had something for them before they reached the promised land, which was called 40 years in the wilderness. Everybody want the promised land, but nobody want the wilderness. And God says between Egypt and the promised land was something called the wilderness. And you can't get to the promised land until you go through the wilderness. And so if you don't want to go through anything, don't expect the promises of God to be on your life. Somebody in here that's going through your wilderness experience, you ought to give God your highest praise and tell God, Lord, I trust you. I know what you promised. I don't always know when it will happen. At the appointed time. God, the prophet Habakkuk tells us at the appointed time, God would do what he said he would do. There's a wonderful scripture in 1 Samuel. In fact, my son preached it Friday night at the Bible Way Church of Piedmont Avenue that blessed me in such a profound way. Talked about Hannah and Hannah's expectation of the child. And it says, in the process of time, God answered her prayer. See, we all look at the answered prayer, but we don't want to look at the process of time. How many of you know there's a process associated with your blessing? God says, I know what you need. I know what you desire, and I'm going to give you what you desire, but it's going to happen in the process of time. Can I borrow this from you, Antoine? Look at somebody and say, it will happen but not always when you want it to happen. Are you willing to trust God in a dry place, in a strange place, in a hard place, knowing that God will work it out? Listen, the process does matter. Tell somebody it does matter. You cannot have the blessings without the process. The process does matter. And although we may not always understand what God is up to, although we may not always agree with how God is doing it, we must always trust that God knows what he's doing and that I will follow you regardless. If we're going to ever reap not only the harvest that blesses us, but the harvest that allows us to bless other people. We must trust the process. Sometimes God takes his time because he wants to give you more than just a feel-good blessing. Good things take time. Now, for the record, I don't drink wine. I had to say that before my next statement. I ain't judging you. I mean, that's between you and your God. But for the record, I, I don't, I, I told somebody, I, 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 
I'm one of those that couldn't even drink half a beer. I would be wasted. I don't drink anything. Never have. Even when I was out there in school. And my friend, some of my friends are here right now. And y'all know it. And so some of y'all used to throw down. And uh, that's not to say I didn't have other vices, okay? And you don't need to know what they are, okay? Yeah. But I'm told that good wine takes time. Some of your mouths are watering right now. Can you see? We've got some communion for you after this, okay? All right, all right, Cuff, we got something for you. I know, I know in Rocky Mountain, Virginia, y'all used to make y'all stuff up there, but it, and it, 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 it takes time for the good stuff. I just want to stay in some biblical context. Jesus was at the wedding, you know the story, and they ran out of wine. And they brought, went to Jesus, and Jesus turned water into wine. And they said to him, you've saved the best for last. Jesus superseded the process because usually in order to get the best wine, it takes time. And see, some of you want the best in your life, but you don't want the time it takes for things to develop in your life. Just some, any Tom, Dick, or Harry you meet at the nightclub, one o'clock in the morning, then you ought to examine what you got. Preach, pastor. Meet you one day, date you the next day, mm, with you the next day, and marry you the next day. And then you wonder, Lord, I don't know why it didn't work. You should have checked it out. You need some checks, a blood test, a credit test, a, a family test. You need to check folk out before you invite them in your life because they may have some old demons that they've terrorized other people before they terrorized you. But because you had no patience, you took anything. Can I preach? Look at somebody and say, trust the process. Trust the process. And anything in too much of a hurry usually does not end up being a good thing. Am I right about it? Listen, Paul writes in this wonderful text to the Corinthians that he referred to as infants in Christ. Paul called the church leaders and the believers babes in Christ. For Paul believed that they were spiritually immature and they were not healthy. They were not ready for the next level of blessings that God had for them. Their problem was that they seemed to have been more focused on the things of the world and the things of God's kingdom. This lack of focus led them to division, to strife. The local church was in a turmoil. They were constantly arguing and debating 
over, listen to this, personalities and titles. They, they had a group who says that I, I'm a Paul. Another group said I'm Apollo. Others said that I, I've got a higher title than you. And I, I'm a bishop and I'm a deacon and I'm an elder. And they, and they were so caught up in that that they forgot the mission of God. And Paul said, no wonder there is no fruit in your life. Because you've lost focus on what is important. You are chasing personalities and titles and you forget about God. Can I tell you something? This church is not successful because I'm its pastor. God can use anybody. God, God can take anybody he desires. You'd stop chasing personalities and, 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 and titles. Some of us are so consumed by big name personalities and mega this and mega that that we forget sometimes your best word comes from somebody with no title and, and nothing, nothing but a deep anointing. Amen. The greatest blessings I've ever received in my life came from some mothers who never matriculated through seminary school. But they were able to tell me during my darkest hour, baby, hold on. God's got a blessing with your name on it. And so you've got to stop being so impressed with the things the world is impressed with. And let your focus be on, Lord, help me to grow and to be who you want me to be. And take me through the process. And there are some people in my life that plant and other people may water. But Paul says, make no mistake about it. It is God that gives the increase. And if there's going to be a harvest and growth in your life, it does not come from Paul or Apollos. It comes from God. The process comes from God. And what Paul wanted them to know was that ultimately God is responsible for all the good things that will occur in your life. Is there anybody in here that's waiting on God to do something supernatural in your life? You must trust the process that God takes you through. Every blessing doesn't always start out as a blessing. Preach Pastor Jackson, in order to make lemonades, you must first squeeze lemons. And then you must add water and sugar to what was bitter in order for it to become something that is enjoyable. Can I preach to you? But if you give up on the squeezing of the lemon, you will never get to the lemonade. And some of you are about to give up when you're going through something right now. And God say, I have you in the squeezing process. Don't you know that in order to get the anointing oil, it comes from the olive. And the olive is first crushed under somebody's feet in the Old Testament in order to squeeze the oil out. They tread it on the olive. And so God says, if you're not prepared for somebody to tread on you and step on you and treat you bad, and I'm here to let you know that it's all part of my process that I have for you. I know what I'm working on. I've got a plan concerning your life, a plan to prosper you and to bless you. But it goes through a process, and sometimes you are lied on. 
Sometimes you're hurt. Sometimes people let you down. Ah, sometimes you're wounded in the house of a friend. Sometimes, look at somebody and say sometimes. You've got to experience zigzag before you get to the palace. Can I preach to you? David had already been anointed the king of Israel, but he did not go from the anointing to the palace. He went to Ziglag before he got to the palace. Ziglag was a place where he lost everything. Ziglag was where his camp was burned down. His family was kidnapped. His men wanted to stone him. And David had to encourage himself in the Lord his God. God knows what he's doing in your life. You've got to go through this in order to get to that. Look at somebody and say, neighbor, God knows what he's doing. There's a process associated to your blessings. God says, I know what I have for you in 2018, but it will not happen always in January. How many of you are waiting on God to do what God is going to do? And no matter how long it takes, I need a witness in here. Help me preach this. Touch somebody and say, neighbor, God has it ready for you. But he's taking you through something in order to make you ready for it. I've got to say that again. Look at somebody and say, God has it already ready for you but he's taking you through hell and high waters trials and tribulations hardship and heartaches in order to get you ready for what God has for you for when the Lord gets ready you gotta move do it Lord leave your seat and cross the aisles and touch somebody and say get ready Get ready for the next move of God. Get ready for the process that comes before the blessing. Can I preach? Should I preach? Psalms 30 and 5. Uh, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Look at somebody and say, it's night time. It's dark right now, but sooner or later, I can see the dawning of a brand new day. Joy! I feel something, Sister Sarah. Curse somebody and say, hold on. Don't give up. Go through what you got to go through. Hold your head up high. Shake it off. Dry off your tears. Or lift your hands up and say, through it all, I've learned 
to trust in Jesus. Can I get a witness? Praise him. In fact, take the next 30 seconds. Give God your... Mother Williams, put a seed on it. On this first week of 2018, give God a praise for the next 51 weeks. Right now, right now, right now. Put a praise on what God is going to do in the next 51. Look at somebody cross the aisles and touch three people. Say respect the process. Say respect the process. In the fullness of time, it will happen. It will happen. It will happen. It's going to happen. Get ready for it to happen. Respect the process. That's right, that's right. Come on. Give me something, baby. Somebody give me something. Nobody got any money. Hit it. Stop it. Put a faith seed on it. Come on. This is for the rest of the year. You've got to sow what God is going to do. Respect the process. Respect the process. It's going to happen. 
is going to happen. Get ready to be blessed. part one of message one. Next Sunday, we will finish this message with a word from Job, chapter 13 and verse 15. And though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Woo! You have to trust the process. You have to trust Listen, the process. This is just the first week of a brand new year. And thank you for exercising such powerful demonstration of your faith. Sometimes you've got to sow into your future. Amen. We're not just thanking you for what you have done. But we are sowing into what you are going to do. Leave your seat as many of you as can. I, I need you to flood this altar. Richard Smallwood wrote this powerful song. It is one of my favorite songs. And God, during the 8 o'clock service, said to me, I, I need you to end this message with the words from these from this song. The song is simply entitled, I'll Trust You. Listen carefully as you come to this altar. There will be some moments in 2018. Hear me, everyone. 
in which our faith will be challenged. There will be some days in 2018 in which you are going to have a difficult time just getting out of the bed. You will want to give up. But I want you to remember these words. Richard Smallwood writes to the Lord and says, You are my refuge. In you I'll trust. You are my fortress. In you, Lord, will I trust. I won't dread the terror by night. For angels are all around me. So I will not fear. When I call you in 2018, Lord, I know you will answer me. You will answer in times of trouble. You will deliver. Lord, I, Lord, I trust you. Come on, quiet. All of you that can, and you can just flood the hours on this first Sunday. Step out and just stand. I want, I, I want the internet audience to see your faith. You are my fortress, Lord. In you, I'll trust. all around you so so I will not will you are my refuge Lord in you Lift those hands and begin to worship him. You are my fortress. In you, Lord, will I trust. I don't care how it looks. I won't dread the terror. Lord, when I call you, listen. Everybody lift those hands. When I call you, all of 2018, you will answer. I know you will answer me in time. 
time. Ah, in time. When I call you, you'll answer. Lord, you will deliver. Now this is for every demon in your life. Lift those hands and say, Lord, I trust you. with God it's hard to trust something you don't have a relationship with it's hard to trust anyone that you don't have a relationship with and there perhaps is no better time than on this first Sunday of a brand new year to say Lord I want that relationship because you've tried it on your own that was 2017 2016, 2015, and now God says, give me a try, trust me, commit to something greater than yourself, Woo. it's all right to come to church, but a commitment is, Lord, I commit to you, I commit to something greater than myself, there are no perfect churches, there are no perfect people. And I would never stand here and tell you that somebody at Bible Way perhaps won't offend you in 2018. But Bible Way is not God. Pastor Jackson is not God. You trust and you believe in something greater 
than an organization. You trust in the Lord. And so after we pray this prayer, perhaps there's someone on this Sunday want to take that bold step of faith and say, here I am, Lord. You need to learn how to trust the process. But you can't trust it if you don't have confidence in it. I'm not sure how long it's going to take for God to do what he has promised to do in your life. But I trust him. I believe that God will make a way out of no way. There's a process associated with your blessings. And in next Sunday's message, we're going to share with you five separate stages of the process. From planting the seed to watering the ground, fertilizing that which you water to to weeding out all of the distractions that choke your growth to waiting on the increase you have to trust that God knows what he's doing amen someone close those eyes and when we've ended this prayer stay at this altar if you want to make that commitment or walk down those aisles I'll wait there for you welcome you into this next phase of your life well, i believe for someone in here 2018 is going to be the best year of your life <laughs> i'm not promising you anything because i can't deliver but god can deliver on everything he promised amen somebody get ready for this to be the best year of your life make that commitment lord we thank you we bless you we we honor you this day we thank you for part one of this message that simply says trust the process when we can't see you we still trust you we know that you're up to something lord thank you <laughs> thank you because it is you and you alone that is responsible for the increase Paul says it so appropriately that no man is responsible for your harvest. One may plant, another may water, but it is God who gives the increase. I thank you for increase, Lord. I see increase. I see blessings all over this congregation. To those that are viewing my way of internet, I see blessings. Those that are listening right now on the radio, I see blessings. So we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Those who trust God's word say amen. Amen. Find somebody, put your arms around them, say trust the process. Come on, if you want to make that commitment. If you're here, if you want to join the church, if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, you want to start this year off right, come on. Come on, as the choir sing, come on in. Walk down those aisles and stand right now. God's calling you, wherever you are, whatever you are going through, 
Somebody in here, God's calling you. God said, just trust me. God says, trust me. When I call you, Lord, you'll answer. Somebody, God says, trust me. Last year was rough. Last year was rough. But I'm hearing God says, trust me. God bless you, daughter. Somebody else, come on, God. Put your hands together. Lord, I trust you. Anyone else, God's dealing with you and calling you right now. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You can trust that God will make a way. Clap your hands. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Others are coming now. Somebody else is coming. Lord, I trust you. Come on, dive away. Clap those hands. God, these young people are giving them anyone else make this your day make this your day clap those hands and give everybody lift those voices and say I trust you I will Put those hands together and give him one more praise.